0: This is Phil Harris with Frank Brzee on the Golden Days of Radio.
1: Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the Golden Days of Radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, plus our in-person guest... Phil Harris. Our guest on this edition of the Golden Days of Radio has been a popular headliner for the past 40 years or so, Mr. Phil Harris.
0: Thanks, Frank.
1: Phil, when did you begin your musical career?
0: I played the Ambassador Hotel in 1931 and 32.
2: And now to the Coconut Grove, where the music of Phil Harris controls the movement of the stars. Say, Phil, have you a good table for us this evening? Yes, I have, Tom, and thank you very much. Hello, everybody. This is Phil Harris, and with the best intentions in the world. And now I'm going to sing, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? And I'm not kidding. race against time. Why, once I built a railroad, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower to the sun, brick and river and lime. Yes, I built that tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Why, once in khaki suits, gee, we looked swell, full of that Yankee doodly dumb A half a million boo, went sloggin' through hell, and I was the kid with a drum. Why, say, don't you remember, they called me Al. Why, it was Al all the time. Say, don't you remember. Why, I'm your pal. Buddy, and you spell, i die.
0: What makes a strong serviceman? One element is planning ahead for unforeseen occurrences. A good way to do this is through power of attorney. This is the formal appointment of someone to act as your agent or representative in handling your personal affairs while you're away or if you're incapable of handling them yourself. Power of attorney should be granted only to someone of complete trust. It should never be completed without legal help, and the types of affairs involved
1: should be specified if possible. If you have any questions about power of attorney, see your legal officer. This is Frank Brzee continuing with the golden days of radio with our in-person guest, Phil Harris. Phil, when did you begin the radio show with your wife, Alice Faye?
0: The Phil Harris-Alice Faye show went on the air, I would say, on NBC in about 1946 because Mm -hmm. I'd been with Jack Benny, I would say, about 10 years. I was with him 16 years altogether. And I think after about the first 10 or 12 years, uh, then Alice and I went on the air, and uh, I was still with Jack at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, here's a portion of the Phil Harris, Alice show. The Phil Faye Harris show and
0: Alice Faye show. From
1: 1947.
0: Here is the Bill Harris, Alice Fay Show, transcribed with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, John Hubbard, Janine Roos, and Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. <laughs> Although most of us make an honest effort to lead a well-ordered life, sooner or later it seems inevitable that some of us have a brush with the law. This unwelcome contact with the forces of justice has recently occurred to Phil Harris. And to say that he's worried is a vast understatement. Now, tell it to me right from the beginning, Curly. I don't quite understand it. Well, it happened just like I said. I came home this afternoon, and I was just lucky that I noticed before I turned into the driveway that there was a uniformed state policeman. He was the biggest cop you ever saw on the front porch, and he was pounding on my front door with a service revolver. Gee, sounds like he meant business. Yeah, and what's more, he's been back four times since. Well, look, Curly, there's no reason for you to get all panicky and scared. I'm not panicky and scared. Besides, I like it here under the front porch. (laughs)
3: But, but Curly,
0: it's so uncomfortable under here. Oh, it is not. You just got to get used to it. We've got plenty to eat, since I thought of having Alice lower sandwiches to us on a rope. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's pitch black under this front porch. You can't see a thing. And I don't like to eat in the dark like this. Oh, why not? Because the cobwebs stick to the roof of my mouth.
3: <laughs> That's
0: peanut butter. <laughs> That's what you say. In the dark, I could be eating anything. You quit complaining the food is very good. Those little stuffed olives were delicious. Crowley, we didn't have no olives.
3: <laughs> we didn't. Uh-huh.
0: Well, how do you like that all them little leather buttons on my vest are gone?
3: <laughs> hey, wait a
0: minute. We didn't have any spaghetti either. Did we? Why do you ask? The drawstring on my shorts is missing.
3: <laughs> So's <is>
0: mine. <laughs> you must have had a second help. Wait!
3: <laughs>
0: hey, Curly, maybe it's dark outside now. Why don't we crawl over to the peephole and see if the coast is clear? Okay, okay. Start crawling. Hold it a minute. What's that? It's okay, it's okay. It's Alice knocking out another message in Morse code. (laughs) Gee, can you read Morse code? Well, not very well. It's been a long time since I I was a Boy Scout, but if she doesn't send the message too fast, I might be able to... Uh Uh-oh. Hold it a minute. Listen. Listen. What'd she say? What'd she say? Well, uh, if I deciphered it correctly, either they're having a lace panty sale at the May Company or the gardener is here with the vigaro. <laughs> or maybe they're having a lace vigaro sale and the gardener is here with the panty... Oh, right. <laughs> Hey, Curly, it's all dark outside now. Let's make a break for the back door. Okay. Come on. We'll make a run for it. Right.
4: Look, Alice, you mean to tell me that that policeman was back again? He's been back three times, Phil. And the last time, he seemed pretty serious. Well, didn't he say what he wanted? He said he wanted you.
0: I know it. Elliot. Are the shutters closed? Shutters closed. Blinds down? Blinds down. Drapes drawn? Drapes drawn. Front door secure.
4: like a child. Oh, I am,
0: am I? Look, when them policemen come after you four times in one day, they mean business.
4: But, Phil, you've got to be guilty of something first. What is it you've done? Well, I'm
0: not sure.
4: What do you mean you're not sure?
0: Well, I might have done something I don't know nothing about. (laughs) I have lapses of memory. Periods when I don't remember what happened. Gee, that's serious. How often do you black out? Every time I get a hold of a spoiled ice cube. (laughs) last time it happened was on a Saturday, and I don't remember anything from 10 o'clock until 2 in the morning. Didn't you even know where you were? No, but when I got home, I had two pounds of dates and a live camel. (laughs) (laughs) One hump. (laughs) Hey, Curly, let's face it. That cop wouldn't be rapping on your door unless he was after you for something. Now, come on now. See if you can think of something you've done. Well... I thought I could get away with it, but now that I'm trapped on I, I may as well confess. Phil. Oh. Well, it's true. I didn't want you to know, but I've cheated the city of Beverly Hills out of thousands of dollars. Since 1942, I've been putting peppermint lifesavers in the parking meters. <laughs> How could you do that? It wasn't easy. (laughs) Many's the time I got a blister on my tongue before I licked them down to (laughs) size. Didn't all those wet lifesavers jam up the meters? No, but the cop who makes the collections has got such sticky hands, he has to steer his motorcycle with his feet. (laughs) (laughs) You know something, Curly? I met that cop yesterday. He wrote me out a ticket, but he couldn't hand it to me.
3: (laughs)
4: Phil, I don't want to interrupt you and Hans Christian Anderson, but that policeman is coming up the front walk right now. Well, he'll never
0: take me alive. I got a plan how I can escape. I'm going to cut a trap door in the living room floor. That's what I'll do. I'll cut a trap door in the floor, and then I'll lower myself down into the rowboat. Then I'll row that rowboat up to Smuggler's Cove and
4: hide. Oh, Phil, be sensible. We're in Encino. We're 15 miles from the ocean. How are you going to row a boat to smuggle his Don't worry.
0: I'll do it. <clears throat> Maybe so, but it'll be uphill all the way.
4: <laughs>
0: Look, Curly, you can't get through... Let him calm. He can batter the door down, but I'll never give myself up. Curly, why don't you do the only sensible thing? What's that? Well, this is do-it-yourself week. Why don't you cut your throat? Oh, that's a pretty thing. I'm on my way to prison, and he's making jokes yet. Look, Elliot. Now Phil, let me.
4: Phil, you've got to face this thing sooner or later. I'm going to let that officer in. Alice, no, Alice, Alice, Alice wait, wait. Uh,
5: good evening, ma'am. Sorry to bother you again, but I'm still looking for Mr. Harris. Has he come home yet?
4: Yes, officer. This is my husband, right here.
5: Are you Mr. Philip Harris? Yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. <laughs> Excuse
0: me, I've been taking Jeanette McDonald pills.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mr.
5: Harris, we've come... He didn't do it, officer.
0: He didn't do it. I did it. I don't know why I did it, but I did it. I'm guilty, I tell you, guilty. Guilty,
5: guilty. Forgive me, I've been taking Kirk Douglas pills. (laughs) Mr. Harris, under the Motor Vehicle Bureau Code number X1859735-J... You are guilty of not renewing your driver's license. Oh. Oh, you mean... You mean that's all that's wrong? Oh, uh, uh, sir, uh, uh, lieutenant, uh, your lord... Dear? Please, Mr. Harris, stop kissing my hand. You're rusting my Captain Braddock cufflinks. Oh, oh, well,
0: I'm sorry. Uh, I hate to disagree with an officer of the law, but I, I think that you'll find that I already have renewed my driver's license. Here,
5: take a look for yourself. Mm Hmm, Mm, yes, I see. Well, Mr. Harris, do you realize how long it's been since you've renewed this? Well, it seems like just a little while ago. Really? (laughs) Mr. Harris, look what's printed in the lower left-hand corner of this license. Good for covered wagons only. (laughs) That's right,
0: Curly. And look what it's printed on—buffalo hide. (laughs) Well, if
5: it was good enough for my grandfather, it's good enough for me. (laughs) Mister Harris, his Honor Judge Johnstone has kindly consented to give you an appointment this afternoon at two o'clock in Room Seven Eighty Four at the courthouse. I do hope we haven't inconvenienced you, Mister Harris, and if we have, please accept our heartfelt, sincere, and abject apologies. Good day, sir. And we mean business, you New Orleans wetback.
0: (laughs) Darn, cop. I hope when he gets back to the station, he finds that Jack Webb has eaten his lunch.
3: Hey,
0: Elliot. You know something? That judge looks like a pretty tough guy. Maybe I should have got a lawyer. What are you worried about, Curly? Well, supposing that judge don't like musicians? Then I'm going to be dead. Now, when he asks me what I do for a living, how can I tell him I'm nothing but a drummer? We'll use the high-class word for drummer, Curly. Tell him you're a percussionist.
3: <laughs> hey,
0: that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll tell him that i All I'm right, there. let's have some quiet here. This is the Traffic Violations Bureau, and the judge's time is limited. When your number is called, step up and answer the question quick. And I don't mean quick. Case number forty-six. Your name, please. Clark. Your first name. Gertrude. Occupation. Housewife. Violation.
4: Driving through a red light. Thirty
0: dollars. Next case. Come on, let's get things moving. <laughs> case
4: forty-seven.
0: Name. Harris. First name. Phil. Occupation. Percussionist. Spell it. <laughs> put a few more nickels in the parking lot. Wait! I have a list of your violations right here in front of me, Harris. On June the 3rd, 1947, you tore off both your fenders by driving your brand-new Austin under an oil truck. Well, Judge, he was such a nice, polite truck driver, I thought sure he'd spread his wheels. Here's another violation. On February 8th of the same year, you endangered other drivers' lives on the new freeway. You were in a 50-mile-an-hour lane, and you were only going eight miles an hour. How do you know? The arresting officer said your foxtail was limp. <laughs> 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 All right, Harris, how do you explain that? They're just not putting the material in the that.
3: <laughs> Furthermore,
0: on July 17, 1951, you were apprehended for speeding. Ooh. I don't remember speeding. Well, we do. It's clearly posted that 25 miles per hour is the speed limit in the Coconut Grove of the Ambassador Hotel. (laughs) Girl, you were driving an automobile in the Coconut Grove? I couldn't see where I was going. I told them guys at the service station to put them Venetian blinds in the back window of the car. (laughs) Oh, so... You have not bothered to renew your driver's license for some years. Mr. Harris, do you realize the seriousness of your situation? You mean, Judge, he might even have to put up bail? Say, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Harris, are you prepared to put up $2,000 bail? Have you got $2,000? Gosh, no. Well, uh, how about some friend? Uh, You used to work for Jack Benny. A rich man like that, I'm sure, would never miss (laughs)
3: $2,000. Well,
0: Mr. Harris, he is a rich man, isn't he? Rich? Judge, one day he drew out all of his money out of the Bank of America and it slowly sank into the ground. (laughs) Still picking up survivors. (laughs) In other words, Mr. Harris, the court can expect no bail from you. Well, uh, I'm afraid not, Judge. I'm... I'm just going to have to throw myself on your mercy. Hmm. Well, I'll give you a break, Mr. Harris. Here's a list of driving schools. When you bring me a diploma from one of them, I'll reconsider your case. Oh, gee, Judge. Oh, gee, thanks. I thought you were going to send me to Boys Town. <laughs> <laughs> we've been driving half the night with this lunatic. We're lost. He ain't got no idea where he's going, and now the fog is rolling. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, Paizano. look, I haven't made any squawks up until now, but it's dark, and this fog is so thick that you can't see a thing. Now, look, do you know where you're going? Please, shut up your face, please. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. You see that little red light up ahead of us? Well, that little red light is on the back of a truck. We just followed the little red light, everything's going to be hunky dooly Hey, Ellie, hmm? that makes pretty good sense. That truck must be on the main highway. Well, I don't want to worry anybody. But water and seaweed is coming in the window. Huh? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, Dominic, he's right. This car is underwater. Yeah, we're underwater. It's that it lousy little red light to nudge your fuzzers over How do you like that? For the past 14 miles, we've been following the Catalina Ferry. Thanks, and good night,
4: everybody. Good night, everybody.
1: wraps up this edition of the golden days of radio and our salute to phil harris what does the book of proverbs say about keeping your cool a mild answer calms wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger how many of us practice what these words say guess it's in everyone's nature to argue sometime and arguments can end up in fights so it stands to reason that if there isn't an argument in the first place there won't be a fight either think about that this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from radio's golden days. Phil Harris, I want to thank you for joining me on today's show.
0: Frank, it's been my pleasure. Thanks a million.
1: Okay, now it's time. Phil, will uh, will you do the uh, do the honors for me?
0: This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service, and that's what I like about this side.